This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz. Oh, I feel so much better than I did last week. I sounded awful. <laughs> like I was saying, I, I've kind of recorded a few upcoming episodes talking like that uh, because I was a little bit sick. But I feel so much better now. Uh, so just bear with me as I, I sound a little sick in some upcoming episodes. You know, I should just tell you who I've recorded because I, ha- I have recorded a few that will be coming at you. So, you know, I don't like to ever say who's going to be on until I've officially recorded it. But I'll tell you now, I, uh, I have an episode coming up with return guest R.H. Stavis, The Exorcist. So if you haven't heard my conversation with her before, go back and listen to it. It's a two-part conversation. She's a real exorcist and non-denominational exorcist, an incredible life. Also, go check out her book, which I love and I know so many listeners of this show have read and fell in love with. Uh, It's called Sister of Darkness. And it's wonderful. So that will be coming up soon. I also have a really exciting episode coming up with Chris Colfer. And he's, uh, turns out, somebody that ghosts are obsessed with. Also, extraterrestrials are uh, pretty into him, too. So Chris has so many stories, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Also coming up, I have my friend Lenora Clare. She'll be on. She is, among many things, a casting producer for the TV show Haunted on Netflix. So we talk about that. And I know a lot of people that listen to this show love Haunted. So make sure you guys are subscribed so you don't miss out on those episodes coming up real soon. Also, I haven't recorded it yet, but I do have a RuPaul's Drag Race superstar coming up soon. It's scheduled. It'll work out. It'll be great. And I should also add that those episodes that I just mentioned, they might not necessarily be in that order. But those are those are ones that I have recorded that will be coming out very, very soon. So look out for that. Just a heads up. So today we have got listeners on the show, and I'm so excited to get to those. But I thought I would read a story that was posted in the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresfalez. And this one comes all the way from Australia. Oh, I'll be there one day, I promise. This is from Russell. Russell says, I live on a farm in Australia. 
When my husband and I bought it, we were told the previous owner had died on the property. It didn't bother us. Later, we found out he actually didn't just die, but had had a horrific accident. He was a hoarder, so both farmhouses were full of rubbish that I was clearing. After a week of cleaning, I got really fed up with the dirt and dead rats that were all trapped inside the hoarded rubbish. And in frustration, I threw a teapot at the wall. It was a hot day, no breeze, and I had all doors open because of the smell. As soon as I threw this teapot, all the doors slammed in the house. I told the late owner of the house nicely that he had to leave as it was our farm now and the atmosphere changed and became lighter. Over the next weeks, I felt him around, but he was friendly and it didn't bother me. My husband doesn't believe, so it wasn't a problem. All the ghost ever really did was hide things and they would turn up in odd places. We've lived on the farm for five years now. I've worked out that it's haunted by lots of ghosts. I've woken up to find shadow figures in the bedroom doorway and in the bathroom. I had a woman made up of white light standing over the bed, also a deformed figure. It's not sleep paralysis because I can move and I scream. My husband says I'm dreaming, but I'm not so sure. I went to a medium with a friend, not because of the farm, but just for fun. She told me that the spirits of the farm know that I can see them and want me to pass on messages to their loved ones as they sense that I can communicate with them. Over lockdown, it got worse. I'm on the farm in the day on my own. One day, I was washing up, I heard a man screaming. Blood-curdling scream. We are in the middle of nowhere. Our house is isolated. I went around the whole farm looking to see if there was an intruder, but there was no one there. Our dog is really placid and friendly, but he often barks a growl at the corner of the room. I also hear footsteps on the wooden veranda, and the front door opens, but no one is there. We don't need to lock our doors. We often wake up in the morning to find the front door open. My husband says, because I enjoy horror and ghost shows, I'm just imagining it. I personally believe that old owners of the farm are still hanging around. It no longer scares me. I lumped up all these things together, but it was over five-year period, so it's not all the time. I'd prefer not to hear blood-curdling screams, though. Wow, thanks, Russell. And also, Russell put a picture of the farm in uh, the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dressfulness. Thank you for sending that. I hate to say it, but I kind of want the ghost to, like, appear to your husband. (laughs) So we've got some great listeners on the show today. I am really obsessed with this first story that you're going to hear here. And also, as always, if you want to hear a little more on patreon.com slash rosdresfeles on my second tier this week, you can hear Rebecca talking about staying in a haunted hotel in Savannah, Georgia. And also, Lewis tells me about one of my biggest fears, which is staying in a haunted house and having to pee in the middle of the night. Also on my Patreon second tier, I have 
my uh, podcast that I've been doing with my best friend, Sam Pancake. This time we are talking about, you know, showbiz and and some of the gigs we've had to do along the way. And uh, <laughs> you can hear that. That will be our final episode for now. And uh, maybe we'll do more in the future. So go check it out. We now have four of those posted, so you can hear them all on Patreon. Okay, here we go with this month's listener phone call extravaganza. On with the show! Hello, Rebecca in Virginia! How are you? I'm great. How are you, Roz? I am so good. The story that you sent to me, it's an insane one, uh, in a good way. Uh, Can we hear it? Yeah, and I'm so flattered to be on your show because it's a ghost story that doesn't technically involve a ghost. So... Uh But and it's it's both extraordinary and kind of ordinary at the same time. So I'm just I'm just gonna hit it. Yeah. Um, well, have you ever encountered a ghost? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got. Well, you know, I've had those little ghosty um, feelings. I've, I've got a few little little you know stories of of, of some spooky run-ins. But I thought you would really enjoy the story I'm about to tell you. Okay, let's hear that one first, and then maybe maybe we'll get into some little ghosties. All right. Well, as long as I can remember, I've had the same reoccurring nightmare. And it's a common nightmare. It's that nightmare where you're being chased. And um, it's not just being chased, but I'm running as hard as I can, and I'm looking back, and I see, like, this shadowy figure um, behind me. Um, so the first time I had this nightmare, I remember it was at the house where we moved away from when I was in kindergarten. So it was probably four or five and I know, um, so yeah, and not all the time, just occasionally, you know, growing up and when I became an adult, it happened more often, but it's just, you know, I'm like running and running and the shadow man's chasing me. And I always wake up the same way. I wake up just like um, my heart's racing and my, uh, I can't catch my breath. And, um, you know, it's just really stressful. So um, last year, I think everyone was the same way. It seemed like COVID was like the world series of whatever your stress was. Like it, uh, yeah. I remember yeah. your, yeah, your interview with Katrina Weidman, she said that looking back, she felt like she wasn't okay. And I think like a lot of people feel that way. And I, I think, you know, I feel that way too. You know, looking back, I was trying to say, stay safe. I was trying to keep my parents who are older safe. And, you know, we had family members that, you know, we were worried about. So I started having this nightmare um, pretty regularly, like almost, you know, every night. Um, so, um, I would just be, you know, running and running and the shadow man would be chasing me. Um, a while back, I tried a couple of strategies to kind of, kind of help with this nightmare. Um, I saw this TV show on lucid dreams. So I don't know if you've heard about lucid dreaming. It's where, you know, you're in a dream and you can kind of control things a little bit. So, you know, a while back I tried, just drawing an X over the shadow man. And that um, worked for a little while. You know, I was running and I stopped and drew an X and he just kind of dissolved. 
And I thought, you know, that's, that's great. He's gone. Um, and then after that, like, you know, a few weeks later, he popped back up and I thought, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try, you know, flying away. Um, and that worked for a few, you know, times too. He was chasing me and I would start flying and he would just be on the ground. And then eventually the shadow man learned how to fly too. So I had wow. these, I know, these acrobatic dreams where, you know, it was like, I was like, you know, Superman or Peter Pan, you know, flying and he was chasing me. So all of that became even more aggravated last year during COVID. And um, eventually all of this changed. I had one dream where um, I'm in the back of this little grocery store. It's like the size of a CVS and I'm shopping and I look in the back hallway and the shadow man comes out of the back hallway of the grocery store. I'm like, oh, crap. So I start running out the front and he is just running behind me like, you know, like the 28 days later zombies, like the zombies that are just like, like booking it. So I wow. run out. the. <laughs> I know. So I when run out. The shadow man getting at CVS. The shadow man got prescriptions. I don't know. And I'm like, you know, why can't you leave me alone? I've got. Yeah. Okay other stuff going on so I run out the front and he's running behind me and I run around the side and then I see um this golf cart coming from the distance and it gets closer and I see that it's like tricked out you know it's got like the little pom-pom fringe around the top and it's you know got some cool colors on it and it's getting closer and I see there's like these two ladies in it mm -hmm. and they're in like, like pageant clothes. Like, like they've got like full hair, you know, it's like 1980s sort of um, beauty pageant clothes. And this golf cart does like a Tokyo drift and it stops <laughs> like right at my feet. <laughs> and I see you while it's turning around. I'm like, it's RuPaul. Um, and there's someone else with RuPaul. And, you know, I'm not um, like I like RuPaul, but I've never watched Drag Race. I'm not into like competition shows, but I, I realized like she's there to show context. And the passenger is Roz Dressfeles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. So you, you're wearing like um, like a blue and green sort of like long evening gown and you've got like silver heels and you jump out and you say, get in. So I jump in. <laughs> Isn't it wild? <laughs> so um, I jump in and you slide in behind me and like Rue just like hits the gas and, you know, you're both laughing. You've got like these big open mouth, like, like just happy, joyful, um, you know, just, you know, happy expressions so we are um driving away and shadow man is like closing in behind us and he's running and you say to me honey you're never gonna outrun him you're not gonna outrun him in this dimension and then you lean over and there's like this this um little box in the middle of the dashboard and you open it up and you say that's why we've got to go to another dimension 
so you pull this knob in the middle of the dashboard <laughs> and it's like this old timey knob, like off of a, a pinball machine that you would use to start a pinball machine. And you pull this knob and we like, there's like a flash and a whoosh, like in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure when they travel. <laughs> so we just kind of like pop off to this other dimension and we flash and go to this other dimension and you tell me, um, you're never going to see him again. He can't follow you and you're safe now. And at that point, my dream just sort of dissolves away and um, I wake up and I wake up crying. And I know that um, like he's gone for good. Like, you know, I've had this dream forever, but somehow, you know, it's fixed. So I haven't written that in until now. It's been over a year because I was afraid he would pop back up. But nope, you know, Shadow Man has gone for good. Oh my God. Well, I wish I could say that I, you know, jumped in your dream. Like we've talked about on this show that I guess some people can do that. Um, I don't know that I did, but maybe, maybe somehow, some way my, in my dream state, I sensed it, but um, I'm, I'm honored that I was able to help. <laughs> Isn't that awesome that either my subconscious or some guardian angel in my my dreamland decided you know the way to fix this problem for good is by you know bringing in ross <laughs> and after that happened i thought you know think about it this problem was this you know dark hateful energy um and you know how do you combat that you still need someone who's strong but you know, feminine and fun. And, um, you know, I'm just, I think that's incredible. Oh my God. This is so great. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah. And thank you for, for your podcast and, you know, for, for Roz Dressful is, I think there's many other people out there that you've helped through, you know, the, the COVID times. Yeah. I kicked that shadow man's ass. And I'll yeah. do it again. Let's hear your Ouija board story. Sure. Um, in college, I lived in an old building that used to be a church and it had been divided into apartments and we kept having weird things happen. I kept thinking that my roommate had come home and I would go to talk to her and she hadn't come home. Um, we kept seeing mm. things out of the corner of our eye and um, we decided we're going to get a Ouija board and figure out, you know, who are we sharing our apartment with? But wait, when you say that you're, you, you thought you saw your, your roommate, do you think it was like a doppelganger, like straight up doing an impression of your roommate and look like her or like you just saw someone and you assumed it was her? Um, I would see movement out of the corner of my eye and I wasn't okay. sure if it was a doppelganger or just a spirit kind of floating by. So okay. I really can't say, and you know, back Back then in the 90s, no one knew what a doppelganger, you know, was. It, it, it was just, you know, you would get this feeling you were being watched or you would see something out of the corner of your eye. But definitely I would see what what I thought was my roommate walking to her room. Okay. And I would go to, to ask her how her day was and she, and she wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I kept that to myself. And then eventually my roommates um, admitted they were experiencing the same thing. Um, we had one of our moms stay with us and they said that they were having the same trouble. So we thought we need to figure out, you know, 
who is hanging out with us. So we get um, a Ouija board and um, one of the um, spirits we were talking to said it was my grandmother. And I said, there's, there's no way I'm talking to my grandmother. This is, you know, insane. And that's kind of rude for you to act like you're my grandmother. Um, so the spirit said, no, I'm your grandmother. And I said, if you're my grandmother, tell me, you know, and I asked, are you my grandmother, my mom's side or on my dad's side? And um, the spirit said they were my grandmother on my dad's side. And I said, if this is true, tell me how many brothers and sisters my, my dad had, how many siblings were in his family. And she said, altogether five. And I said, that's wrong because it's four. And then the Ouija board starts moving around and it's getting like really agitated and it starts moving around fast and real jerky. And then it starts spelling out Francis. And I'm like, I have no idea who Francis is. And it keeps going Francis, Francis. And then it starts spelling out, you know, baby Francis. And I said, I, I don't know who baby Francis is. And it goes Baby crib death Francis, oh. baby crib death Francis, oh. Francis, Francis. And I'm like, you know, let's let's stop doing this. So I didn't think anything of it. It was about six months later and my mom is visiting and just out of nowhere, she said, you know, that there was another sibling in your dad's family, that they had um, a baby um brother named Francis and it died from crib death. <laughs> I know. So do you think that that was your grandma in the apartment? I have no idea. It- and then I've heard about the, the collective unconscious theory too, where you kind of carry along with you, everyone that's come before you in your own brain. So I don't know if I was just channeling, you know, something that I had remembered from my ancestors or if it was my grandma that was looking over me. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Uh, Well, I think that if that is the case, that it was like, you know, somewhere deep inside your brain, whether you think you know that or not, I think that that's pretty cool. I have no memory of them talking about, you know, Francis in front of me. You know, I think a psychologist would say at some point when I was very young, I I heard that story and internalized that somehow. But, you know, I I don't know if it was my grandma that was uh, in this um, apartment with me or or what. Well, and it could just be that you guys were using the Ouija board, looking for, you know, basically who's around. And your grandma's like, well, I'm I'm available. I'll talk to you. Uh, not necessarily being the spirit that's in that house, you know. Right. And then also that was my sophomore year. That was the year that, you know, I, I came back to school and started partying really hard. And I just remember laying in my bed and feeling like, Someone was watching over me saying, like, you got to cut that out. You know, you don't you don't want to get partied out. You, you know, this this is not a, a healthy lifestyle. So it, it could have been my grandma looking over me that way or. Um, yeah, but I did really the activity that, you know, seeing someone out of the corner of your eye, did that continue? It continued as long as I lived there. Wow. Yeah interesting hey you want to listen to an evp with me 
Definitely. Ooh, okay. It's time for EVPs or EV please. Yeah. This one is from uh, someone on YouTube called Haunted Stories, and it is at a place called the Malvern Manor in Malvern, Iowa. It's actually been on the TV show Paranormal Lockdown with Katrina Weidman. Uh, now, this place, okay, I went to a website called nonparellonline.com. Uh they talk about the Malvern Manor, and they say it has a storied history. It was built in the 1880s as a cottage hotel. It was the town's first hotel, according to historical records. The hotel uh, is about 10,000 square feet, went through a handful of owners. In the middle of the 20th century, it was converted into a nursing home and later a group home. Long after the building had fallen into disuse, there were rumors of strange happenings, creaks, cracks, unaccounted for footsteps, voices and shadows, moans, screams, the eerie feeling of being watched. Oh, I don't know about the plumbing, but wow. um, okay, here is one. This one creeps me out. So a little bit of background noise, like always, but uh, tell me if you hear anything with this voice. Did you hear it? Oh, I have to hear it again. Okay. Anything? Well, it kind of sounds like they dropped silverware. Um, it sounds <laughs> like they said, ouch, or, or something yeah. without. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll play it again. It's like, ooh, Yeah, it's. I don't know. Is it even English? Well, here's some options. Okay. Is it A, what a flashy top. And like <laughs> maybe someone had a, a nice top on, or I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, is it B, the flesh is coming. Oh, no. What does that even what mean? C, <laughs> you need to stop. Or D, ooh, refreshing snacks. Okay, let me play it again. <laughs> Oh, I hear the fleshy part now, and I have goosebumps. I know. They think it says, the flesh is coming. (laughs) Okay, wait, let me play it again. I hear, ooh, a flashy top. Um, The flesh is coming. Is that what ghosts call us, living people, the flesh? I, I actually do. I don't hear is coming, but I do hear like the flesh. Or I hear that kind of a thing. And it does sound to me like, yeah, more of a shorter syllable at the end or whatever. But either way, the thought of the flesh is coming. <sighs> That's horrifying. I, I hear like the flesh is up and then I hear them opening the top off of a beverage which i think so see now that could be better. refreshing soda and then they open a little toy um that is scary uh i'm so grateful that you shared your story with me um your story is i i love this uh dream story so much and i'm honored to have been able to be in your dream and i'm so grateful that the shadow man is never going to come back for you 
Oh, th- and I'm so grateful for your podcast and all the the hours of entertainment it's given me. And thank you so much for, for sorting out my, my dream problem. <laughs> no problem. Anytime. <laughs> I've been ghosted too. Hello, James in San Diego. How are you? I'm good, Roz. How are you? I'm so excited to be on the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. Have you ever been to the Whaley House? I mean, I feel like that's like the most famous haunted place in San Diego. Yes. So when I was a little kid, um, I used to actually beg my dad to take me there. And I want to say every weekend when I was like in kindergarten and first grade. And I remember he used to really humor me. Both of my parents did with like my interest in the paranormal. But he bought me a disposable Kodak camera and let me go take pictures in the Whaley house. And we took them to the hour photo down at the Rite Aid after. And we got back the pictures. And they're just, I wish I could still have them today. I don't know where they are. But they are full of weird stuff. Like orbs, light phenomenon, like shapes. Almost every single photo had something super intense in it. Cool. And I remember bringing it in to my teacher in first grade to show her. And I don't think that I told my parents I, were, I like was going to do that. Because I figured they probably would have been like, well, maybe that's not like the best thing to do. I remember bringing them for her and her just, I think, thinking I was probably quite a strange child. But <laughs> I was so proud of them and wanted to show everyone. I still have never had a single damn thing happen to me at the Whaley House. The Whaley Ghosts want nothing to do with me. And I've, I've probably been, I don't know, probably close to 10 times in my life and nothing I think what I need is a Kodak disposable camera. Yeah, I think you do. I mean, I've honestly had nothing happen as an adult since I've gone, but I kind of think sometimes buildings that are older, maybe they lose the haunting. If it's like a residual haunting, maybe after time it wears off. Mm. I don't know. That's kind of my theory. Like maybe the ghosts just get tired. Right. Well, it sounds like you're, are you like a paranormal person? Are you like really into this stuff? Yeah, I think I have periods where, like, I kind of get really into it and, like, I'll read all about it for months. And then, you know, there's times where I don't really participate in it as much. But, yeah, my whole life I've always been super interested in anything kind of paranormal or dark or spooky or witchcraft or ghosts or UFOs, anything like that. Can we hear a story? Yeah, definitely. I was trying to think of different ones, and I actually have quite a few. (laughs) <laughs> oh, give it to me. All right, where do we okay. start? Um, so I guess I'll, I'll, I have a story about my family in the house that my mom grew up in. Okay. Um, so my mom's side of the family, her grandparents were all born in Transylvania. And no. moved over. Yeah, they moved over to the United States, like right before World War One, And like immigrant family, they spoke German and Hungarian. Very, very Catholic, um, but Catholic in the sort of Eastern European way where it's kind of a little bit, I would almost say pagan and very like superstitious. Um, lots of like very specific beliefs, like my great grandmother was terrified of the evil eye. Um, like if someone passed away in the home, she would always immediately go to a mirror and cover it with fabric to keep their soul from getting trapped in the mirror. Like those sorts of like old world totally. beliefs. Um, so we grew up hearing a lot of stories from, you know, the old country 
from everyone who had kind of grown up there. And there's always kind of been a little bit of a, a witchy kind of aspect to that side of the family from that history. Um, so cut forward years to this 1960s, 70s. My mom is like a young woman, graduated from high school, but not married to my dad yet. So she's still living at home. And the home that they're living in in San Diego has a poltergeist. And this was the first time that we had had a poltergeist in the family. And they've kind of been a regular thing ever since then, specifically with my grandmother, who was my mom's mom. And I've heard stories about this house that the family no longer lives there anymore, but they would start with knockings. They would hear around the house. Doors would open, um, windows would open, the radios would just turn on and off, the dials would fully move across the front, you know, of the old-fashioned radio. The TV would turn on by itself, and this is, you know, before they had remote controls, and you'd actually have to physically go to the device and operate it, you know, on the side. Mm -hmm. And I think the scariest thing that happened to them was... My grandmother woke up in the morning and went into the kitchen to start making breakfast. And all of the kitchen cabinets and drawers were open and all of the pots, pans, plates, utensils, everything in the kitchen was laid out on the floor and in the dining room. Nothing was broken. Like nothing fell out. It was all taken out and placed down. Ew. And no one had heard a thing. Uh. Yeah. No one heard anything in the night. They just woke up and were like, what? the hell is going on here oh god see that to me can get dangerous like something could fly (laughs) at your head like that's really scary especially the kind of i mean ghost or energy or whatever that's that's like oh i'm really gonna mess with these people i'm going to do this quietly yeah i think the quietness is like the sinister feeling part of it it's it's so sneaky i don't know but you were saying that they've had multiple poltergeists since then yes yeah they it's interesting because if for stuff that i've read about poltergeists there's a theory that it, it can kind of be like trauma is expressing itself in that form of energy and like my family's wonderful and like i love all of them very much but definitely during those years there were family things going on like all families do but to the point where i could kind of understand maybe this was someone's energy that was causing this to happen and that's why it was happening but we had also heard that the family that lived in the house prior uh, had a son that was in high school and he had actually um completed suicide in the home so that's kind of an option too but i feel like that's I don't necessarily think that that would cause something like that to happen. I I don't want to blame someone if that makes sense, you know, for a haunting like that. But yeah, there's always kind of been a poltergeist ever since then. My grandma's last house that she lived in, she rented, it was like a tract home in a subdivision um, in Fallbrook, if you know where that is, kind of like North San Diego County. Okay. And it was this little, just really quiet, normal looking home at the end of a cul-de-sac um super innocuous but when she moved in um the person who was renting it to her told her you know i just want to let you know in case anything happens um there has been some history in the upstairs bedroom and we have had an exorcism um i don't think anything should bother you but i just want you to know so you can tell me if something happens and i understand (laughs) And that would 
would have been a red flag for me immediately to maybe not move in. Um, but she moved there. It was a two-story house, and she was living with my uncle at the time. And he's a disabled veteran, so he doesn't really go upstairs. He would live on the, the main floor of the house, the ground floor. And my grandmother had the master bedroom that was upstairs at the very back of the house. So there was a front bedroom that was on top of my uncle's bedroom that no one used. No one went in. No one lived there. It was more or less empty. It just had a closet. And my uncle would say that all through the night or through the day, he would hear like knocking footsteps, people talking at nighttime, like furniture being moved, uh, people having conversations, everything coming from that room. And he's not going up there. And then my grandmother's in her 90s, so she's pretty limited, too, in her movement. She's not going and moving any furniture. You know what I mean? What? Um, yeah, and they would always talk about it. My grandmother would constantly have things go missing, where they would just disappear and then show up months later. For a period of time, her cell phone went missing, and we were concerned because... I don't remember if she had a landline at the time or not, but we were trying to get in contact with her and the phone was just always going through to voicemail like it was turned off. And she's an older person, so like it was concerning to us, wondering like, did something happen to her? Um, so we were finally able to get in contact with her. A neighbor went and checked on her and the phone had just disappeared. So she had to go get a new phone, pay for one, get a new plan, cancel the old one, do all of this. Um, and a week or so after getting the new phone, she has a cleaning lady that will come and help her do kind of like the heavy cleaning, you know, a couple times a month. And the cleaning lady finds her phone in the closet of that front bedroom on the very, very top shelf hidden, like behind a, a comforter or something. Yeah. How to get up and there? That's the part. Oh, that's always the part. That's the part that's weird. It's like my uncle can't climb stairs, and there's no way that she's getting on a ladder. But yeah, it disappeared from her kitchen table, and that's where it was. Now, okay, one thing that I was thinking that this is like another poltergeist theory. However, it might not work for this scenario, uh, given the fact that the person, the realtor, whoever, when she moved in, said that there was history already in that house, but sometimes it's um, telekinesis. Like, maybe your grandma had that ability, whether she knew how to control it or not, kind of, I mean, not unlike Carrie or something, but I think it's a little different. But sometimes there's people that can, you know, move things with their brain, and then they move from house to house, and it gets confused for being a poltergeist. But... No, it sounds like there was other stuff going on. Well, it's like I thought about that, too. And like I said, my family has... There's, a, there's like a witchiness to them. I don't know how to describe it otherwise. But there's something kind of psychic. I think they vibrate on some frequency, especially the women on that side of the family. That mm -hmm. if it were one of them was had secret telekinetic abilities and was unknowingly causing things to happen, I would not be surprised. Uh -huh. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, tell me another one. Um, so let me see. I do have a couple stories with my mom. Um, she's no longer with us, unfortunately, but, uh, she was kind of like my mentor with the spiritual, you know, kind of mystical realm as a child. We grew up Catholic, but we also, um, like did tarot cards. My mom would play with the Ouija board with me, which is kind of 
controversial looking back on that now as an adult. I'm like, I don't know if I would do that with my kid. Um, but we always had fun, but I would kind of like talk about that kind of stuff with her. Um, cause she was interested in it as well. And whenever we would kind of go places together, I feel like maybe that shared interest between us kind of like would attract things that happened to us. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I used to live in the UK. I went to university over there. So I was there for two years and she came to visit me for a trip and we stayed at this very, very old inn. um, I believe it's called the Georgian Pilgrim in a town called Glastonbury. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Glastonbury. Um, yeah, is that where like the, the big music festival is? Yeah, where they have the music festival there. And then the town itself is like kind of a mystical little ancient pagan village. There's a lot of sort of hippie type people who live there and um, like modern day neo-pagans and witches. And there's a history there too. Um, it's like supposed to be the place where King Arthur had Camelot and a lot of kind of those myths originated in that area. So there's already like a very, a very spiritual kind of mystic energy to that town. And we stayed in a very old hotel there, like built in the 1200s or something like that, like just ridiculously old. Um, but the room that we stayed in had just a very, very simple room, um, you know, two beds and then a TV and a little console and we stayed there for two or three nights and every single night in the middle of the night the tv would just turn on constantly okay. and like wake us up hate that and so the first time yeah i hate it the first time it happened it freaked the like shit out of me um because i'm a pretty deep sleeper but i think it just came on at full volume in the pitch dark and that was terrifying but i didn't think too much of it i you know turned it off went back to sleep happens again a couple more times and i'm like i don't know what it is like am i moving around and like i'm I'm hitting the remote you know on the side table with my arm or something like that like i need to go you know turn it off so i went over and put the remote control into the drawer of the little table that the the tv was on and it was still continuing to turn on And so the next night I fully unplugged the TV and it continued to turn on only one time, but did turn on in the middle of the night. Yeah. No, Um, that's supposed to make it stop. What? (laughs) I swear. And I leaving the hotel. uh, I don't remember if it was someone I talked to at the front desk or if it was something that maybe I read in one of the brochures. Um, But the room that we stayed in was called the monk cell and it's called the monk cell because in you know, medieval times, uh, monk had completed suicide in that room. Oh my god! And it's supposed to be haunted. Well, can we hear more? Yeah, I have one more. Okay. Um, so this also happened in England, and uh, it was a town called Rye, and I was staying with my mother again in a very old hotel. And this time, we had gotten a room that was in—I think it was the converted attic of this inn that we were staying in. So it's at the very floor. There's nothing else on that floor. No other rooms, no walls shared with another room. It was just kind of the roof. So like a a pitched ceiling and like a small room, nothing else around, no trees, no other buildings, nothing nearby. Just that was it on the top floor. And we were getting ready for bed. And I think both of us were, you know, in our beds reading something. And it's nighttime 
And I remember just kind of sitting there and reading my book and the clear as day, very, very loud. I start hearing chains being pulled and groaning like somebody is moving boxes or like working very, very hard to move something. And I sort of look up from my book and my mom looks up and we look at each other like, did we just hear that? Like, is there something going on? And it happens again, but louder. And it starts to become more voices and there's whispering and groaning and moaning. And it thinking about it, it sounds so weird because it sounds exactly like what you would expect in kind of like a B horror movie from the seventies, <laughs> like just very stereotypical, like, Ooh, <laughs> like Halloween ghost. Like it doesn't sound real at all. Yeah. Well, especially and with I the think- chains, like it's, it, it could very easily get into like ghost of Christmas past. Kind it of- was very campy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very, very strange. And it's the kind of the one that I don't really talk about that story with anyone just because it sounds so, I don't want to say unbelievable because they all sound unbelievable, but it just is like, even to me, I'm like, it feels very on the nose, but I like, I will swear until, you know, I die that there was like no recording, nothing on the TV. No one could have been around in a room nearby making that sound. Nothing was outside. And it went on all night long, all night long. It was impossible to sleep because you could just hear the whispering in the back and the forth. And it was so, so strange And unless it was an elaborate hoax where there's small speakers or something put around the room and we were on (laughs) candid camera, which is what it felt like. And maybe it was, I don't know. Well, why didn't you guys talk to the front desk or anything? I don't really remember if we did or not. Um, I do remember going down the next day to talk with my grandmother, my mama's mom, who had also stayed at the hotel, but on a different floor. And she's funny because she can be extremely blasé about things in a way that's like just very comical and like comes across as very dismissive, but she doesn't mean it to be that way at all. (laughs) I remember going and telling her like, oh, like, I won't believe that this thing happened. And like, there were these voices and all this whispering and you can ask mom, like, I'm not making it up. You know, she experienced it too. And, you know, my mom was like, yeah, I know it did happen. And my grandma goes, oh well, isn't that interesting? And then just goes back to eating her breakfast and never talks about it ever again with us. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it sounds like ghosts love you. I think they do. I'm okay with it as long as, as long as they're nice. (gasps) There's a ghost in my house. Oh my God! I'm joined by Lewis in North Carolina. Lewis, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, Roz. How are you doing? I am so good. However, <laughs> I was reading the email you sent me, and it sounds like you've seen some shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've seen some shit. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Well, it sounds like you have some really scary stories, but. It's daylight here. I'm ready for it. Where do we begin? Uh, I mean, I guess we begin with the big one. So uh, I'm Puerto Rican. My family grew up in New York. So I'm the quintessential just New Yorker. And we grew up in a really old building in the Bronx. Uh, And when I was young, we I had a room to myself and the room just had a massive closet. 
that my parents kept locked because they, they just kept a bunch of junk and all my toys in there and it was just a hot mess and they didn't want me to get hurt. Uh, at a very young age, I learned how to pick a lock. <laughs> um, when I was about four or five uh, for Christmas one year, I had asked my parents to get me a punching bag. I had meant a heavy bag, but at the time they bought me one of those, uh, you know, uh, one of those kid punching bags. It's like a, a blow up punching bag. You hit it and it kind of comes back. Right. You know? Okay. And it was a, it was a clown one. Okay. Possibly terrifying to some people. I get that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I used to play with the thing all the time, but anytime I would be done with it, my mom would always put all my toys in the closet and lock it up. Um, and I specifically remember we used to put it, um, there was a pile of toys in the closet. Uh, and we would always put it behind the, um, behind the pile of toys, just make sure nothing would fall in it and like pop it or plate it or whatever. And uh, for the longest time, I don't even remember how long it took to start. Um, I just remember I used to just play in my room. And for the longest time, I just like started hearing weird noises in my closet. Uh, it first started off with just sounding like things were moving, whatever. Um, and eventually we started hearing like growling coming from the closet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying. Um, for the longest time, I thought I, I only remember myself experiencing this, but then my sister admitted that she fully remembered all this with me too. I don't remember her being there for the life of me. But, uh, there was a couple of times where it just kept happening so frequently that me being curious, I would open up the closet. And when I opened up the closet, uh, the punching bag was right there in front of the door, which terrified me because I'm like, I know I put it in the back, but I removed it. I was like, whatever. I moved it, put it in the back, just put it all the way in the back of the closet and closed it again. And just, I kept hearing these noises in my room and like, it was just constant, almost on like a daily. And it got to the point where it was just like, it was really aggressive. And like, I remember one time specifically, I was playing in my room and like, it had happened a couple times where like i opened it and that thing moved around a bunch of times and it got to the point where i literally just like stopped touching it i put it all in the back of the closet like moved things around it so it wouldn't move and just locked it away and i kept hearing these scratches and like growls coming from the closet scratches yeah Yeah, like i would hear on the wall like as if like something was scratching on the wall and my bed was on the wall against the closet so like my headboard would be against the closet and i would hear it just all days and night and like I opened the closet one day and it was there again and at that point I was just terrified I was utterly done told my mother to just pop it and throw it away I was done with it and we got rid of it but uh <laughs> granted that uh did give me a lifelong fear of clowns because I just associate clowns with just the worst things ever but do oh. you think that it was the punching bag or was it like something else in the closet so no I think it was just something else in the closet that just like chose that because even after that happened it was like constant you just like still heard it and like like i started getting night terrors at that point and i remember at one point um i had experienced sleep paralysis i guess is the best way i can explain it but it was the only time in my life that ever happened i woke up in the middle of the night and just uh, for no reason outside of just feeling like a pressure on top of me. And when I woke up, I saw this absolutely just terrifying figure 
laying over me and just like the way I remember seeing it, it was fully just floating over me, but somehow just like holding me down. And to my recollection, I like, I remember like trying to move, I could move my head and I could see my fingers moving, but I couldn't move. Um, and I, what did it look like, like? It was absolutely terrifying. Like it was, you know, at the end of The Conjuring 2, where like she's getting rid of uh, the nun, Valak, and like it like comes out for a second. Uh-huh. That looked tamed to what I saw. Oh, no. Uh, and, yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. And, like, I just remember it saying something. And, like, I don't remember what, but, I, like, I always just said that I'm pretty sure it, like, said, like, I'll be back for you and just disappeared. And I got up and, like, screamed for my parents who were right next door and, like, terrified. I told my mom what had happened. And us being Puerto Rican, I was baptized Catholic. So, obviously, she was, like, here's some holy water in this room. And we always kept the rosary in my room after that. Um, but for years we went like, it wasn't just in that house. It like, when we moved to Florida, we moved to Orlando. And when we went there, it was still following me around. But um, on a couple of occasions, like we would leave and we would come back home and the rosary that was on my raw would be just torn asunder. It would be what? Them like torn like oh oh my god that's not good yeah it was just absolutely terrifying and like i to this day like we never saw out anything for it but like i just remember like specifically like when we lived in orlando my like my friends would come over and my, my friends were terrified to stay in my room and like even me like i was absolutely terrified to go into my room and my family could probably attest to this. Whenever I went into my room, my door was closed. I always looked away before I opened the door. If something was going to be on the other side. Now, did um, so going back before you guys got the punching bag? Was there stuff happening then, or did it all kind uh, of start when the punching bag arrived? So I think, at least for me, that's the only time I started realizing that things started. But. Um, even before like it was centered on me and like we would uh, we lived in a pretty big apartment for New York city. Uh, we had like five bedrooms and it was just a long hallway between all the rooms. And we used to hear footsteps in the middle of the night and we would all just assume that it was one of the other ones getting up in the middle of the night, but we would come out and like, we would see everything. It's like, there's everyone was in their room. We all just came out because we heard somebody walking out, walking down the hallway. Uh, and for the longest time when we lived it when we lived there we, we would ask our mom like, is this place haunted because we hear things all the time and she was like no no it's not haunted at all when we moved to florida and we were talking about all our experiences my mother looked me in the face and like all of us in the face was like oh no it definitely was haunted i just didn't want to tell you guys anything and we're like excuse me because <laughs> <laughs> like she had told us that apparently, like, the building had a dumbwaiter. And that dumbwaiter, we could see it. It was by our front door, but it was, like, they sealed it off. And Wait, apparently, I don't know what that means. What's a dumbwaiter? Yeah, you know, uh, those, uh, they use them in, like, old houses to, like, move things from one floor to another. Oh, like a little elevator thing? Yeah, like a little elevator thing. Okay. And it was, uh, it was permanently sealed off. And my mother had told us that um, 
apparently, I don't even know how long ago, but at some point, a man had fallen from our floor through the dumbwaiter all the way to the basement and died. Oh, my God. And she just only told us that after we had moved out of the house. Well, something about those things are terrifying to me anyway. But yeah. so, okay, but there's a lot going on here. So there's somebody walking through the hallways and then there's like scratching and growling in the closet. I mean, that that to me sounds like two different entities or, you know. Yeah, I do think they were two different things. But uh, like I, to this day, I don't know what, the other thing started with because it followed me around for so and it did follow me it was like specifically me it wasn't anyone else in my family like everything was always centered around like my room everything was centered around me um but But you think that the um the figure that you would encounter when you were uh in sleep paralysis do you think that that is the same thing as what was in the closet or not i do think it was the same thing that was in the closet because that had happened uh like if I remember correctly, probably like a week or two after we had just gotten rid of the uh, punching bag in the closet. That sounds like the most insane Amazon review for that punching bag. <laughs> like, don't buy this punching bag. You will have a demon hover over you in the night. <sighs> it was wild. So, uh, so you moved to Florida, but. When did this stop, or has it stopped? Uh, so, last place I remember it stopping. So, like, when we lived in that apartment forever, and when we moved out of that apartment for the like, first time after I graduated high school, when that was the only time, like, I remember, like, nothing ever happening. Um, but I had seen the same figure again in another, like, sleep paralysis nightmare when we had moved to Orlando. And, like, that's when things started back up in that house in Orlando where, like, everything in there was just getting really bad. Um, I used to sleep in my closet door open because I was terrified of it being closed and thinking on the backside of it. Um, but I do remember one time I had a friend sleeping over and we were all just, like, our neighbors were over and everything. We were all just, like, sleeping over and, like, one friend had fallen asleep in my room and we were playing rock band that he brought over and like I went to go wake him up because he knew the code still knock all the songs and we just turned on the light and he's freaking out and he was yelling at us like what the I'm like he was like what the hell and we were like what all we do is turn on the lights he was like no someone pulled the covers off the bed and we were like we all just walked into the room just now and he was on the opposite end of the room by the time so now you live in North Carolina though is mm-hmm. this thing happening now no so like in terms of that, it stopped probably around the time that, yeah, like after I graduated high school, after we moved out of that apartment the second time, everything just seemed to stop. Um, but even before then, everything kind of slowed down. Um, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why any of it happened at all. But there's a lot of theories and superstitions in my family. I don't know. But it's weird. Yeah, because you were saying that you have um, a family of psychics, sort of. What, what do you mean by that? So on my mother's side of the family, it's always been, like, said that, like, we have psychics in the family. Like, everyone has a little, is a little bit gifted. Um, my grandmother 
who lives with us used to read tarot cards um, and a bunch of other weird stuff, which was weird because my grandmother was illiterate, but she read tarot cards. That never made any sense to me. Um, my mother, everyone used to call her a witch because she would look at a woman and be able to know that she was pregnant before she even knew she was pregnant. And she could tell what a woman was going to have like whether or not it was going to be a boy, whether or not it was going to be a girl before it was born. And she was always right. And it was the weirdest thing. Hmm. Um, outside of that, like, um, I know like my sister has admitted to like seeing stuff, um, which like, it's not something she likes or like fully addresses, but I guess, I guess she, in some way she is a medium. Cause she's the only one I know out of us that actually physically sees anything. Uh, I know my little sister has admitted that um, she sees auras. And for me, I know uh, I very much had empathic um, abilities. Like since I was young, I always remember like being able to feel other people's emotions. Thank you so much to Rebecca, James, and Lewis. And as always, if you want to hear a little more, go to patreon.com slash Ross on my second tier. You can hear Rebecca talking about staying at a haunted hotel and Lewis staying at a haunted friend's house. Thank you guys for listening. As always, please subscribe to the show. Rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a ghost story, a five-star review is a great place to leave it. Or just write something nice. Please join the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresfelez. I'm on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. I'm on Cameo at Roz Dresfelez. And I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.